0: What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV.
3: In 1972, I had the worst day of my life. I got robbed. I got beat. I spit on the fucking sidewalk. The whole police department shows up. Fucking assholes. Can't leave me alone. Always hassling. Always hassling me. Well, you see this here bottle of Viper? Well, I once saw the toilet swallow an entire man. Anyways, the government's controlling our minds with microwave beams that radiate from Blu-rays. Purple isn't a color. It's actually a flavor. Merlin Monroe is still alive. She just lives under the New Jersey Turnpike. Welcome to horror movie night. (laughs) (laughs) I have anything to do.
4: (laughs) (laughs) First of all, I have to let everybody know I had to to, like mute my mic because I was laughing too hard.
3: I got nervous because there was not a sound at all. And I'm like, oh man, I'm blowing this. (laughs) What are you talking about? We had Chris, uh, we had Christopher Lloyd come in to do that read. (laughs) (laughs) I was frozen today. It's how I get into, get into character. Um, so we're talking about street trash, a movie that we said we would never, ever cover. Well, Scott said we would never, ever cover.
4: promised we would never, ever cover after we body melt. That was a fucking deal.
3: I understand that that was a deal, but do you realize how many people emailed for this movie? So many people, Scott. By Like so many, two. Don't you mean, like three? Yeah. <laughs>
1: two two uh, I'll tell you right now, those people are covered in jizz. Um, <laughs> I hate this movie so much. I, I, I thought I liked this movie and then I watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank
4: goodness. God, because you were like hyping it up. There's going to be you and Matt versus me, like just tearing into you. Like, why did we watch this? But no, okay. It's it's two of us against Matt. We're back to normal.
3: <laughs> no, no, it's I'm not I am also I don't hate this movie, but I, I said it in our chat earlier today. Like every time I go to watch this movie, I remember that I'm like, yeah, this movie's only like 75, 80 minutes long, and then like halfway through it, I'm like, oh no, that's right. This one's like 30 minutes longer than it needs to be. <laughs> Uh, This movie is so long.
4: Yeah, this movie is super long because it has like four plot lines. It's got like way too much going on and the only thing that holds it together is the Tenafly Viper, which is from pre-Prohibition era. Is that what I caught this time around watching this movie? Uh, Well, he had
1: said that it was 60 years old and the movie takes place in the 80s. In the 80s. 88 or
4: 87. 87. Um, Okay, so let's just... Let's just get this out of the way. This movie is, like, more scummy New York City imagery than Frank Henenlotter could ever hope to achieve. Like, take Frank Henenlotter's entire videography, condense it, just distill it into one film, and it's still not as dirty and
3: gross as street trash. Yeah, this movie's got a lot going on, man. <laughs> like, way too much, and it's all, like... I don't know, I so... This is one of those movies that's, like, kind of perfect for, you know, this is right, we're we're about to enter October, like, this is a good, like, hey, I'm going to throw on a movie at the Halloween party, but I'm not going to have the volume on because I don't want people distracted by it too much. Because visually, it's fucking bonkers. But the downside is that there's, like, an hour of this movie that is just homeless people fighting. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and there's also two very long very in-depth rape scenes yeah and also a vietnam flashback and fuck. Yeah, what the fuck oh, I'm sorry there are three rape scenes
1: i forgot about the vietnam Yeah rape it's scene. fucked this movie is disgusting this movie in and of itself it, okay. is is an argument that Harmony Corinne's Gummo is actually art Put it next to this movie, and you're like, wow, what a beautiful, uplifting story Gummo told about Xenia, Ohio. This movie is fucking gross, man.
4: Gross. Yeah, like, I I would watch Body Melt two more times before I watch this again. No, I would watch Body Melt five more times before I watch this. Like, Body Melt is G-rated compared to Street Trash. Like, Body Melt's gross, but Street Trash is just a thing in and of itself
3: like it is a genre rewatching this reminds me why out of all of these types of movies the stuff is a, is so far above all of the other movies in the, every way
4: because it's actually entertaining
3: <laughs> and it, it will like the parts that are supposed to be funny are funny the story's easy to follow which is insane to say about the stuff but like compared to body melt and this it's super easy to follow this movie like I'm looking at my notes, and I've been trying to not write as many notes and just focus on like highlighting topics that I want to mention. And every single topic except for two are just ways that people die. That's the only reason to watch this movie is for well, the actual death scenes.
1: That's what you think. You know, every time I remember this movie, I remember it fondly because of the death scenes, and I and I remembered it fondly again as I went to watch, uh, watch it again for this, and then Scott reminded me of the rape scenes, and then I started remembering that no, this isn't a movie about happy-go-lucky homeless people who occasionally drink Viper and melt. This is a movie about the absolute fucking sociopathic, crazy scum of the earth, and no one in this movie is good except maybe the cop, and he's a bit of an asshole as well. Yeah. But No, the cop is ass! He's such a fuck! Yeah, but he's at least on the, on the right side of this thing. Like, we're going to solve the crimes, we're going to stop these people getting killed, blah blah blah. And he's... About it, but everybody else, and, and we're okay, so we're introduced to who I would call sort of our main character, which would be the homeless guy in the like farmer's hat um, with the beard. Who I could do a, the fedora, kind of I, I could absolutely pull that look off for Halloween, just saying.
3: Oh, yeah. Dude, you can pull that look off tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. When you come to uh, Monster Mania in March, you should 100% cosplay as that guy, and it will draw so much attention. Right, our we got to get one of those hipster hats. Dude,
4: I'll just go down to um, the the Goodwill, down like a couple blocks from here, and I'm sure I can pick up three for you. Uh, they're all like women's hats, but the, because they're floppy brims. But yeah, dude, those things are those things are hot again. Um, actually, what people dress like in most of the bougier parts of New York City looks exactly like this guy, except they don't have soot smeared on their yeah,
1: face. Yeah, he is uh, He is in a so thick layer of soot. <laughs> Everybody
4: is okay. So, um, so yeah, that guy's kind of not even the protagonist because he seems like a hobo with a heart of gold until he date rapes a girl and then gets knocked out and she gets gang raped to death by hobos, which is the darkest part of this movie. And that's really fucking saying something because we have Vietnam flashbacks, multiple people being dissolved by 60-year-old booze, as well as other rape scenes. So, I mean, really... You know, we if we're going for a hero in this movie, I think there's only one of them. And it's the guy that finds, the guy that owns the, the alcohol store, like the, the booze shop, and he finds the fly Viper and literally murders people <laughs> he's, by... He's doing society a yeah, favor <laughs>
1: by taking these awful, awful people off the streets.
4: Yeah, well, I, I think that that's the whole point of the title of the movie. And it's trying to make some sort of biting social commentary about the homeless problem it's 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 actually
1: not the screenwriter for this movie has been quoted in interviews as saying i wrote it so that it would democratically offend literally any party that watched it that was his goal in making this movie was just to offend your senses no matter who you were to be fair
4: he did what he came to do. <laughs> like, I have never been so offended.
3: So this is another uh, fun fact, if you checked out IMDb's trivia, that uh, the star of this movie was also doing all of the makeup, and he created the penises in the movie. Uh, and he made three different sizes, a little one which they referred to as the pecker, a medium-sized one that they referred to as the po- the poker, and a big one that they referred to as the packer. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: I, you know, I, at least they seem like they
1: had fun
3: i don't know well, no um, but the, the that, woman know, that I,
1: is in that rape scene she had actually been assaulted and raped uh, in, in real life and and they and she like had like ptsd from having to do that scene and relive the whole scenario again are, are you serious yes
4: that's awful
3: that's yeah, so that awful that just brought down the entire mood of this episode you could have saved that for after so, the discussion well, sorry but like I mean this movie I, I thought like, and it sets you up
1: it, it, the opening scene sets you up with this like slapstick thing wherein does, yeah. you know he steals a bottle and he's running down the street and then he steals a guy's money and he's, eventually he's got like three four guys coming after him and it's like ha ha chuckle chuckle he gets away and one of the guys that he's running from is this like older homeless man who he stole like a couple of dollars from or whatever And you're like, "Ah, ah-ha-ha, everything's cool. Now that older homeless man then corners him, and you realize that that older homeless man is an unhinged fucking psycho who almost kills him for having stole two dollars from him. And you're like, holy fuck, this is... What happened to the slapstick funny I was just enjoying a minute ago?
4: Yeah, like, okay, so the actually the funniest part of this movie isn't the dick getting thrown back and forth through the air. It's the, the fact that within the first five minutes, um, you have the main hobo action rolling into an apartment window that uh, is the apartment of two people fucking while this building is burning down. Um, that's fun. But then it, almost immediately, he smacks the naked girl's ass. And I'm like... Are you serious? Is, is this movie really happening right now? Because this is my first full watch of the movie. I had done what any sane person would have done and I've only ever watched the melt scenes, like melt compilations on, on YouTube. Uh, and that was enough for me to understand what we were getting into, I thought. But then we have Gary, who is one of the homeless people like that the one guy walks past, I think after he almost gets murdered by the, the older homeless dude. Um, Gary has no real hand, and has no hands in real life. So they found a bunch of, like, which is super demeaning as well. They found a bunch of people with physical deformities or have have like lost limbs, and they got them to be homeless people. Like there's a guy who's got basically no torso or or, or he's just a torso and arms, uh, and and he like he's in a wheelchair and he goes in to get booze because that's what you know a, a, a double. A double amputee. Um, amputee, thank you. What needs is you know a bottle of booze, and then he falls on the floor, and the guy's like, "Get the fuck out of my store!" And there are other there are other homeless people that have obvious um, physical problems. Like I don't think that most of these people were paid to be in this movie. I think that they really legitimately were homeless people. Uh,
3: I, I wouldn't man. be shocked. It may sound like Scott is talking about. The movie Freaks from 1932, <laughs> but now he is talking about Street Trash from 1987. God, I um, really wish I'd been watching Freaks instead. Uh, can we highlight probably the the opening, the first death, which is probably the the most iconic and best scene in the movie? I think the toilet death.
4: We already talked about
3: it. I just I want to say that I really like the the weird puppet face goop that like is oh, inside that. the bowl at the very <laughs> yeah. end. So
4: here's my problem with that scene the creator of this film didn't know how the circulatory system works because why would his like like why would why would he fall apart like that if it hits his stomach it wouldn't go back up into his heart and then to his his jugular he would basically just rot through the stomach like everybody would just rot through the yeah, stomach it
1: just burn a, it would just burn a whole where like gravity like it would just drop right through you it'd fall out your asshole right like that's as much as what's gonna yeah
4: it would fucking suck but i mean it wouldn't be quite so graphic and i suppose that's the whole point of this is that like it's you know it's it's an entertaining watch for the body melts just because they're so gruesome but also very tongue-in-cheek um and very colorful but the it's not enough to save this movie from like the people that picked this movie here, as well as back when we were doing Reddit horror club should feel ashamed of themselves. Like this is not a good movie. This is not a movie that you want to subject someone else to 30 fucking years later. This movie has not aged well. It's not cheeky. It's not funny. It is just bad and evil.
3: So how about that shoplifting scene? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. That shoplifting
4: scene is great because he goes, um, Uh, I'd like to know what you're doing with all that chicken in your pants, which is the only quotable line from this movie.
1: Uh, uh, Excuse me. I paid for it. This is just a receipt
3: for dog food. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I also want to point out that there is at least one person in this movie who has appeared in a previous uh, horror movie night film, and that is the mayor from Toxic Avenger playing the fat owner of the dump that <laughs> oh is
4: you're missing somebody you're missing else, buddy.
3: Guy, i mean
1: i recognize that dude you're missing the most uh, important person uh, let's wait wait let's see if he picks up on it
3: no i, I our boy from fucking uh, frankenhooker yo he's the uh, bellboy man <laughs> i missed that one damn
4: it man he okay so so um there's this part that part when our quote-unquote protagonist hobo finds her puking in the alley and he's like yes i am going to date rape this person i mean it's not even date rape she doesn't really know him but she like goes with him because she's like blackout drunk and and this is when like that that pit of dread you know you guys ever watch fucking serbian film
3: yes once and Never again yeah
4: all right you know that feeling that you get when you just basically start that movie because you know awful sexual shit is gonna happen. That's that point in this movie. I'm just like that my the pit of my stomach. It's like I took a sip of ten of fly viper. It just it my stomach leaks out my asshole and it's just dread and horror with the fact that this this happy-go-lucky hobo that we've been kind of rooting for for the last hour or 45 minutes or whatever is going to just rape this blacked-out woman. And um, he she goes, let's go home. I feel so horny. I want you all the way in me. And he goes, is that what you want? And she goes, yeah, all the way in. Um, Adam giving us that extra information on the fact that she had previously been... Sexually assaulted and had to go through with this makes you really feel bad about. It makes you pissed off about Hollywood. Like Hollywood is an awful nightmare place.
3: Well, I feel like Hollywood had yeah, nothing this is to do. With far this movie. away from
1: Hollywood, there's no Hollywood here. This is just. I guess this is based on a short film, which um, I don't know. I don't fucking know. It's just gross. Everything about it's, about it's disgusting, and it opens up in such a way that I think I, I like I. I I guess because it was so offensive this turned into a sort of a, a a midnight movie that a lot of young people would go to. And I think the first time I ever watched it I was probably 16 or 17 and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like it's all it's nasty, it's gross, it's filthy. Those are the kind of movies that I liked at that time. I went out of my way to find schlock cinema. That this 10 years after that I, I, I really wish that I did not have to sit down and watch an hour and 40 minutes of this fucking movie because it's gross. There's so much disgusting sexual stuff going on. There's there's You just watch these people who are in this awful, horrible situation only to watch them get even further below, like hit lower bottoms as the movie goes along. And you're just oh you talked about wanting to take a shower scott and like you're still feeling dirty afterwards
4: (laughs) yeah days and days of showers i I feel feel like i got two
1: inches of soot on me from this fucking movie here's the whole time that i was watching this movie all i could think was you're fucking homeless pack up your shit from the car lot and go somewhere else. You're homeless. It literally doesn't matter where you go. Like, just anywhere.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, you're absolutely right. I, I really didn't. I was so assaulted on, uh, from, uh, in every sense of the word um, by this film. I didn't really think that through logically. Maybe that's what their problem was, too, is they're just like, man, shit could get so much worse if I didn't have this psychotic Vietnam vet who's going to stab me with a human bone knife. Uh, I'll stay at the dump. Well,
1: put your fucking bindle on Uh, the end of a stick and
3: walk across town
1: because you don't need to be there. Hey, so can we
4: talk about the fact that we missed one of the rape scenes?
3: Um, (laughs) I didn't miss it at all. No, no. I I mean, we haven't discussed it. I I don't mean that we
4: are missing out on it. Um, So the fat fuck who uh, runs the, uh, the, (laughs) the junkyard he rapes the dead chick so we have necrophiliac rape too uh so the part when the cop comes in and, and makes this like shitty comment about like oh there it was raped by seven dudes and and the fat dude is like can you tell who's semen it was is whose and he was like no but i can tell you that the third guy from last had syphilis and the guy like starts rubbing his dick that wasn't funny right like it was supposed to be funny but it's it, I mean, it didn't hit for me. I but.
1: don't. I don't know that it's supposed to be at that point. You're an hour and ten minutes into the movie, and you've watched all this graphic shit going on. And right before that scene, it was this dumbass fucking scene where he uh, he like confronts a dude with a gun, and he goes, "Would you rather die in combat or rotten to death in a prison?" <laughs> oh, and the the prison. Italian like, yeah, yeah the uh, the like okay. hitman's like, ah, fuck it, and they get in this dumbass fucking fight. Ugh. like it's it's. It was trying to
4: to do the same thing as they live, but just did so much shittier with the random street.
1: They and then, and then you still have forty minutes of the fucking movie left, and you're just you're gobsmacked as to what's going to happen. But the cop then goes back in, and it's just this like series of confrontations and fights and stuff that that culminates in the the Vietnam guy, who really is just a broken fucking psychopath man who is homeless living in a junkyard who you should feel bad about. You're supposed to cheer when he gets exploded (laughs) by a fucking pressurized canister.
4: Okay. Let's just talk about that scene because, well, first of all, right before that, I have two last notes. My first, second, last note is this movie is human misery on film. Um, it is, it's just, it's awful. It's not a good movie. Um, even the melt scenes are just not worth your time. So anybody listening that hasn't watched it, take our word for it. It's not worth your time. Um, but that death bike gas tank counsels decapitation, doesn't it?
3: I, I think so. It's also yeah. the same way that they killed a shark in Jaws. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who did it better? <laughs> um, so here's, here's a, another piece of depressing trivia from this movie. Is a uh, Do you recall a guy who basically in this movie um, just explodes everywhere? Like he just grows fat and explodes? Yeah. Uh, if you take the time to check his IMDb, that photo of him exploding is his current IMDb photograph. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, even if I had like a storied, illustrious
1: career after this movie, that would still be my IMDb profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's my favorite. Here, here's my favorite piece of IMDb trivia. So, the dude that praised Bronson, he was cast the day before they started shooting, like uh, less than twelve hours before they started shooting, and he's like, he's like, I don't even know what the hell we were doing. I would just do it scene by scene. Like, I would read the script, get in front of the camera, and do the scene. I don't have any idea who Bronson was, and I have no idea what was going on in the movie. And he's like. And, like, you know, he, he said that he didn't actually read the script, like, get a full script or, and see it until three months after principal photography. And he's like, and I still, after reading the script, had no fucking idea who
3: Bronson was or why he was doing
1: anything. That
4: explains so much about this stupid movie.
3: <laughs> uh, well, we got past the awkward first fun fact, and uh, I think we salvaged the episode. <laughs> <laughs> there are
4: no laughs to be had this well, week on our movie. I don't Night. know Sorry, how to everybody. make jokes
3: about this because it's such
1: fucked up material. It's like, I want to go watch I Spit on Your Grave to wash the taste of this movie out of my fucking mouth. Like, this is <laughs> filthy. It's filthy. And I don't, this hardly fits into the fucking, ca- like, our, our podcast. I seriously regret going to bat for this movie. And Matt, it's an email pick. So can you tell me the name of the person that fucking wanted us to watch
4: Hey, so. Wait, wait. One thing I have to say about this is that uh, um, the the most damning part about this week really is that I watched this movie. Well, this this episode is that I watched this movie, and then I watched a movie that came up in our uh, in in the like I watch this on YouTube because it's in full on YouTube. You I mean you can see tits? You can see rape you can see people exploding you can see a dick getting tossed around i mean it's it's an amazing amount of stuff that you can find on youtube um if you're looking for it so uh have fun with that kiddies but uh the top suggested film is was also a body melt film and i watched it and i didn't take notes and then i checked the cello and I realized that I have to watch it
3: next month, and I'm so upset. Yeah, I'm oh, excited. you want? Oh, I know what you Jesus. watched.
4: <laughs> Here's one thing I have to say, though. Uh, um, that that whole commentary aside, um, Matt, remember the first time that we podcasted with Adam back in horror, uh, Reddit Horror Club. Taxidermia taxidermia you remember why he picked that movie he picked that movie if i remember correctly and i'm probably going to have to paraphrase but it's gonna be damn close i picked this movie because it's got fucked up shit in it uh that movie followed no plot line we saw flame penis uh uh crazy soviet russia everything um I, i think there was a pig the pig carcass that got fucked um, there was a, like,
3: All I remember about that episode is I said, Adam, why do you like this movie? And he said, I never said I like this movie. Yeah, yeah, but
4: let's just <laughs> contrast that. Five fucking years of podcasting together down the hatch, and then we watched Street Trash. And he's like, yeah,
3: I really regret going to bat for this movie.
0: This <laughs> <was beautiful." laughs>
3: so Marquand and Jessica were the two culprits. Yeah. Um, Jessica, I actually think is very active in our Facebook page. Uh, they both said that this is one of their favorite movies, and they wanted to hear how we would uh, discuss it. So,
4: wow, I'm sorry for shitting all over your favorite movie, but I think you really need to reassess your life <laughs> if you can get past all the no, graphic rape just, in this movie. They're doing the same
1: thing that it's I just, did, and they <laughs> watched this in their teen years and are remembering it fondly, but have not recently rewatched it and had to deal with the bubbling vomit that comes up your esophagus while you're sitting watching this fucking movie alone in a basement on a Thursday night? Why am I fucking doing this? I don't want to be doing this.
4: <laughs> you do it because you love the podcast. Um, so, so I think you're right that it has to be nostalgia because i can't see people watching this movie as an adult and being like yeah this is quality cinema i mean maybe if you just strictly watch it for the seat or the, the the special effects and so you basically just watch 20 minutes out of the hour and 40 minutes of it like i, I can i can understand that's like a valid reason for suggesting this movie um but if you pick this movie just because you wanted to fuck with us you're on our I, uh, yeah it's gotta be it's
1: like rebellious age where you were like yeah fuck yeah but i mean I don't
0: know. What's up everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast Binge Town TV. like horror movies like wrestling check out the gore horseman podcast each week we pick a month and year and review the world of horror and wrestling at that time for slashes to suplexes to vampires to vicky guerrero the gore horseman podcast covers it all check us out on twitter at gore
1: horseman pod or find us on itunes stitcher and soundcloud
3: so what did you guys watch this week
4: hey let me start this one off with a real real lighthearted discussion uh no joke um Megan found Honey, I Shrunk the Kids on Netflix or Hulu. I can't remember which. And we watched that, and it is delightful. And it just makes me feel so much better to talk about that movie. Can we just commiserate about how that movie fucking rules? Everything about that movie rules. Um, and it still holds up. Like watching that movie, I haven't seen that movie in like 20 or 25 years. I mean, I haven't watched it since I was a kid.
3: I, I want to ask you, you know, an important before question.
4: You, before you say that, it feels the same way watching it now as when I was a kid. Like the same feeling. Like it's this weird tactile sensation when you see the giant Cheerio and when you see, oh my god, the gigantic oatmeal cookie. Oh, Jesus. Okay, now I
3: ask you a question. Did you happen to notice who the writers of the movie were? I did not. Stuart Gordon so and funny. Brian yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Actually I
0: didn't <laughs>
4: um, I actually cause I was like I saw Stuart Gordon in the opening the 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 credit scroll and I was like, holy fuck, Megan. Megan Megan and I like got his IMDB up and I was like, look, this is what Stuart Gordon has done and she was like, Okay, why should I like be surprised? I'm like, because he does some fucked up shit that we've talked about on the podcast.
3: Um I'll go next. Uh, I uh, I got to see something that I had always wanted to see. I finally got to see Monster Squad in, in a movie theater, and it was really fucking cool. And if you ever get a chance to see it in a theater, because um, this is the thirty year anniversary of the movie, uh, so they've been definitely hitting random theaters and doing like retro screenings. It's absolutely worth checking out. It's a it is even cooler to see on like a big screen with a great. Uh, sound system. We talked about that in depth, like, I don't know, 10 episodes ago, so I don't really feel like I need to go any further than that. <laughs> well, I just want to say, why are we freaking out about Stuart Gordon? Our
1: boy Brian Yuznil was also on there. Return of the Living Dead 3, Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The toy maker Brian of Reiterated. Fuck me, this guy's the best. God, I love Brian. <laughs> oh, man, I was all excited about monster Squad. If I can fucking meet Brian I was like, oh my god, that'd be fucking dope. Um,. <laughs> Okay, I watched um so I watched Arrival uh which I had watched before on a shitty ripped copy that had no subtitles and so I had no idea what was going on at the end of the movie. <laughs> Wait, Arrival or The Arrival? No, Arrival, like the one with the weird black cock that appears in the sky and she's got a bright uh, pictures and stuff.
4: a weird it. black cock that arrives in the sky wow (laughs) i don't think anyone in the world think thinks about it like that oh wait this
1: is oh i'm confusing it with the fan fiction that i wrote (laughs) Um, yeah it's it's part Zardos, black (laughs) exploitation um so i watched that and it was okay i don't quite understand the ending i mean i do but i wish that it was something else like did you guys watch that movie? Nope. No, no neither of you watched that? Are you ever going to yeah. watch it? Can I maybe spoil it? I wouldn't spoil It's fairly new, right? Uh, it's like uh, maybe two years old. Uh, it came out last year. Okay.
4: Uh, here, how about this? Anybody listening, if you haven't watched it and don't want it to get spoiled, if Matt's okay with it, I'm okay with it.
3: Yeah, just um, you should probably stop listening at this exact point, and I feel like we've given you plenty of time to stop listening And, uh, I mean, you're not really missing anything. He's going to tell us about this thing, and then we're going to do the same fucking spiel at the end of the episode that we always do. So, like, yeah, feel feel free to just kind of, like, stop and delete at this point. Uh, all right, Adam, go ahead. com.
1: Okay, so um, the the point of the movie is these aliens come down, and they uh, they get a linguist in to try and communicate with them because they, there's a big language barrier, and nobody quite understands what the aliens want. Are they there for malicious reasons, or are they there to, for peaceful reasons, okay? Um, so throughout the movie, like, the American branch of the, like, where because, like, 12 aliens came down all over the world, 12 ships, um, and, you know, countries like China and Russia and stuff are, are not being able to understand them and are getting increasingly nervous and feel like they, uh, like they pose a threat. Um, but the linguist in America is, like, having a lot of breakthroughs. And she realizes that they've come to, to give their language. That is, like, the whole point of coming down. Because if you can decipher their written language and you can, like it, – it, it, like, rewires your brain – in such a way that if you can understand their language then you can also see into the future okay what okay and, well there's a conversation that's like hey i heard like at one point in the movie the guy's like you know if you get thrust into a foreign country in a foreign language apparently your brain rewrites itself to be able to then understand that language and so the the american linguist who's played by whatever the chick from batman v superman i forget what her name is amy adams i think yeah um she she yes. starts to understand the language so well that she can see into the future and the aliens are like listen we're gonna give this to you now because in 3,000 years from now um, we're gonna need help from humans and so at the end like she's able to see into the future and, and knows everything that's going to happen to in her life and and it's it's like, The Chinese are about to launch like a nuclear offense against these aliens and she starts looking into the future at a party that's like nine months down the line where she meets a Chinese general and the Chinese general goes, I'll never forget that day that you called me on my private phone number and she goes, I never had your private phone number and he holds up a phone and goes, this is the private phone number. And he goes, I'll never forget what you said to me when you called me. And she says, well, what did I say to you? And he says, you told me my wife's dying words. And then he says, you know, the wife's dying words in Chinese. So cut back to the present. She now knows his phone number and knows what his dying wife's words were. So she gets a phone, calls him, tells him that. He believes her and calls off the offense. And it was like, okay, um, (laughs) what? Time is not a
4: dimension that you can just fucking, like, pick and choose how it works that's so, so stupid so it
3: basically was like a sincere version of those sequences in the bill and ted movies where they're just like and then we're gonna leave the key here and then they just like lift up the rock and the key's already there and they're like whoa Yes, like- yes. <laughs> and at the end of the movie amy
1: adams gets the princess and she wild uh, stallions takes off man fucking crazy <laughs> but yeah so i mean the way that they do it is i'm just explaining it on like a technical level it is very heartfelt and very like touching the way that they do it but to think about it logically it's like well i don't i don't know that that makes any sense like yeah you did give us that preemptive thing of like well it rewires your brain so language is able to like transcend barriers but transcend barriers of time and space like what the fuck is that anyways arrival was okay i would i would recommend it
3: (laughs) that's that's it for me guys All right, that was Street Trash from 1987 as picked by a bunch of listeners, two of them to be exact. Uh, We will be back doing some of the listener submitted requests in January will be our next listener request month. In the meantime, you can check out all the different movies that we want to discuss between October, November and December before you guys punish us in January. And don't forget that you can check us out at HMNpodcast.com where you can find all the different links to the places that we hang out including our Patreon, our Facebook page, Geekscape.net, and a ton of other cool places. We've got a lot of cool stuff on the horizon, so please do not miss out uh, on all that cool stuff. Finally, uh, I want to make sure that I'm remembering to announce this uh, over the next couple weeks, so give me one second to pull it up. But I will be at the Midtown Cinema of Harrisburg on October 13th doing a live commentary track for some movie called Bloody Murder, which looks terrible. But afterwards, they're going to be doing a special screening of Night uh, of Friday the 13th because it'll be Friday the 13th uh, when I'm doing it. So come check it out. It seems like it's going to be a pretty cool spot. Um, and in the Facebook page, I'll be posting a link uh, probably by the time this episode's already dropped. But thank you guys for all your support. Uh, I can't wait to see you at some of the other conventions that we will be doing. As this episode is out, if you are in the Baltimore or Maryland area, I am currently at Monster Mania, so you should come and say hello. Uh, and I think that's all of the announcements for horror movie night so far. So we will be back next week with the start of our October Halloween sort of uh, spectacular. I don't know. I don't think Scott or I's movie are specifically Halloween based, but whatever. It's Halloween because it's October and October is the entire month of Halloween.
0: What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV.